Previously on Quest Friends. I suppose I don't have any other choice but to go see see this this doctor. He is a traitor and a thief and a murderer. And I see so much of him in you now. Now you all met Everett. He's abrasive but very talented. Okay, <laughs> then I want to toss Everett to Fancy Tom so that he hits him. Oh no! And you fall down 10 feet. 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet, 60 feet. You don't really hear anything except for the loud ticking of the insides of a clock. figured she'd go out falling down a fiery pit, but today's experience wasn't quite what she expected. In those few moments after the pit opened and you fell towards your long-avoided death, Ellie, you remember the candles on your head shining brighter than they ever did before. A religious woman would call this the work of spirits. A pragmatic woman would call this the work of some random gases and chemicals getting lit by your candles and turning you into a grandma-sized fireball so hot it tore through grating and punched a hole through multiple layers of metal. You were too quickly knocked out to be either of these. And so time passes for a little bit. But after a moment, you wake up and you find yourself lying on a bed of glossy metal. Uh, There's not much light, but there is a lot of sound. The air is filled with the massive churning sound of hundreds of ancient gears pushing each other forward, despite age and friction begging them to stop. And as you get up and look around, you do see Misha lying a few feet away from you, seemingly unconscious, but in kind of one of those stock T poses you see in animation, where they're just standing perfectly upright, and their arms are splayed out so they look like a T, and they're just lying on the ground like that. Ow. (laughs) I'm gonna go over and kind of nudge Misha with my foot a little bit. You, uh, you alive? There's no response from Misha. Ellie sighs and hoists Misha (laughs) over her shoulder. And, uh, you just take a look around? Yeah. Alright, so with this, uh, android hoisted over your shoulder, uh, you take a look around and you notice that while the platform you are standing on is still, it's connected to a series of 5 to 20 foot wide glossy cogwheels moving at multiple orientations and speeds. In fact, these clockwork components stretch as far as you can see. On and in between many of them is rough scaffolding made out of a common metal. Bridges, ladders, ropes, and even some additional wheels are made out of the substance. The only light in this place comes from harsh blue beams emanating from crevices that flow like veins to a central tower. This tower is comprised of massive cogwheels that rotate in alternating directions, and it seems almost to be beating like a massive heart. It's surreal, and nothing like what you've ever seen. But there is something that you have seen at least a couple of times. Because as you're looking around, you hear a small yelp, and you turn over, and you see someone in a trench coat entirely too small for them, and with an exclamation point rising above their head, stumbling on one of these vertically rotating cogwheels, before, as I said, letting out a small yelp and falling flat on his ass a few cogwheels away from you. (sighs) It's... Everett, right? You saw nothing. No one was here. I am like the shadows. And you see uh, the trench coat rise up as the figure just flumps to the ground and tries to hide themselves. Everett, you're not the shadows. Uh, The voice, which is about 20 feet away, yells, I can't see you, so you can't see me. God, Everett, I can see you. Like, you're, you're there. I can see you. The uh, mound does not respond and instead starts shuffling a few feet <laughs> away from you. I'm gonna go and grab him by his trench coat collar and stand him up. Ah! Yeah, so you walk up these rotating cogwheels like stepping stones and pick up this trench-coated figure who is, in fact, yes, Everett, man of a thousand voices. All right, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I let you die. I didn't want to let you die. I... You know I'm not dead. He looks at you dead in the eyes. That's exactly what a ghost would say. And he uh, squirrels out of his trench coat, (laughs) revealing a tank top with the name of some band, and starts uh, shuffling backwards. Everett, 
Why are you here? He brushes his hair to the side. Well, I'm uh, on a uh, on a top secret mission, but I shouldn't tell you more about that, ghost. Are you going to rescue Mako? Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you promise you're not a ghost? Promise I'm not a ghost, Everett. His eyes squint for a second, and... Are you really gonna make me roll to convince him <laughs> that I am not a ghost? I mean, he's very, he's, he's very ignorant. Okay, I wanna smack him upside the head. Not enough to, like, knock him out. How? Does this feel like a ghost to you, Everett? No. Can no. we go now? <sighs> okay. He, uh, points to Misha. But what's going on with them? You know, to be honest, I'm, I just woke up and they were laying there, and they're an android, so I'm assuming they're not dead, but they are dead weight. I'm just kind of dragging them around. So he walks around and he starts examining Misha from, uh, who's hanging over your shoulder, and he says, Well, I mean, with my band, my, my third one, not, not the second or fourth or first one, I saw this uh, a couple of times. Any motions for you to lay Misha down? I flop them down as gently as possible. I am generally not gentle at all. Okay, Misha, uh, I want you to take one point of damage before armor for Ellie flopping you down as gently as she can. I'm sorry! You have one armor, though, so you don't take any damage. So Everett's gonna look over Misha a little bit and start saying... Yeah, yeah, this looks exactly like what I've seen before. And as he's, like, getting ready to do something, he turns over uh, to you, Ellie, and says, Okay, so, uh, so I haven't done this in a while, but I think I know how to solve this. And he looks up, and he looks down, and he looks square at Misha's chest, and he brings it down as hard as his bony little arms can bring it down, and slams into Misha's chest. And Misha, with a start, your torso just moves up 90 degrees and your eyes open up. And as you wake up, a series of text runs past your eyes, like when a computer is booting up. For the most part, it's normal white text, but occasionally red error messages will pop up, saying things like, system not found, disconnected from network, suffocating, please listen, need you, and of course, error. And while this is happening, your eye turns an unbelievably strong red before starting the flicker. Now, Misha's an android and wouldn't know what suffocation feels like, but what they are feeling is absolutely what human beings would call drowning. Oh, God. Well, Misha's is going to start making gasping sounds and just start being like, Help! 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 Everett, what did you- You didn't hit- You didn't hit them that hard! Listen, I don't- Um, I must go find assistance. And he shuffles behind his coat and he plops to the ground again and hides. For Pete's sake, Everett, I can still see you. No, you can't. Misha, are you all- You don't look all right. Yes, yes, drowning person. Are you doing okay? Misha's just going to have his their hands near their chest. Like I said, if a human was drowning, they would instantly put their hands there. So that's what Misha's trying to do. <laughs> can I- Can I <laughs> roll <laughs> to see if I can help them? Doing what? I don't know. It's a role-playing game. I don't know what to do. Okay, but you can roll a history to see if there's something you recognize. Okay. Oh. 19. So you remember a time long, long ago. In a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) (laughs) No, you you have a memory of Carl. One time when Carl just had way too big of a piece of bread and he just started gagging and choking and you thought it was him trying out some sort of new singing technique. So he did almost die. Uh, but eventually you realized that he was choking and you gave him the Jimlik maneuver created by Franklin Jimlik, uh, which is just the Heimlich maneuver. I, I want to do the Heimlich. The Jimlik? The Jimlik maneuver. I'm gonna do the Jimlik maneuver on this robot. Um. Will that even work? You go behind. (laughs) not. You push on Misha's side, and as you pull in, you hear a crack and a thud. Sorry. As something breaks inside of Misha. Shit. Uh, and the text moves faster and faster and faster. Oh, fuck. Uh, and your eyes just start flashing air, 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 air. And then the red light turns off. 
and you're catching your breath again and you're you're able to took a look around. Okay. It seems like what Ellie did to you, it kind of broke the uh the robot equivalent of an appendix. Oh my the God. appendix is the one that doesn't matter, right? Yeah. It's the one that only ruptures. Unless you like rupture it. Yeah, so <laughs> well it's it's different. When it ruptures inside robots, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Trust me. I, I'm God. So it's it's like that. It's not going to affect you at all. Okay. But you still aren't 100%. Everything feels kind of foggy. It, mm. It's like you're having to kind of breathe through a straw to get information. Okay. And so all esoteries or spells you do are going to cost twice as much intellect with the exception of your kazoo. All right. And I'm going to give you an experience point for that GM intrusion. So who are you going to give the other point to? Ellie. I mean... <laughs> Are you sure? Everett was very helpful. I don't think I can give- Don't you dare pick Everett over me. So as as you get your bearings, Misha, I have one more thing for you. Yes. You look around, right? And you are able to take in uh, everything that Ellie took in. Mm-hmm. Just like with Ellie, it's very surreal. But for Ellie, it was surreal because it was nothing like Ellie has ever seen. For you, Misha, it's the only thing you've ever seen. Oh, what? Because you realize, Misha- that you don't remember where you are. Oh my god. You don't remember why you're here. Oh no. <laughs> you don't remember anything. It happened again. No. Oh. Why? Oh. <laughs> god. Fine. <laughs> all right. All right. I have to adapt to this new situation. Um... <laughs> So Misha is just going to look around and they are going to start grabbing really slowly the whatever is like if if we fell inside the pit, is there still trash within us, like near us? There is not trash near you, uh, mostly because you didn't fall where all the trash is. Okay. Essentially, Ellie became an impromptu fireball that burned a hole that both of you fell in. So you're far away from where all the trash was. Excellent. Well, then they are just going to run their hand throughout the surroundings. Like if if there's any wall, they're going to like, like walk around the perimeter of the room or whatever we are looking kind of dazingly at it and kind of walking really slowly like they are they don't really know what they're doing they're not going to be noticing Ellie at this moment they're just going to be doing that and to justify essentially what you're in is you're inside essentially a giant clock so oh, there yeah. are cog wheels everywhere right so they're going to be touching the cog wheels and walking around that okay Everett is going to peek out from beneath his his cloak did you fix it? Ellie's gonna ignore him and move a little closer to Misha you uh you okay kid? Did I break you? Misha is not going to. It's it's not going to react to that. It's going to still be looking at things. Kid, Misha is kind of going to be startled a little bit, as if like they're just realizing that there's a sound coming nearby, but they're not going to turn around still. Misha, Misha Jarvis. I believe that is my nomenclature. Yes. My nomenclature is machine in suit of human armor, just a rather very intelligent system. Are you the source? You're the source of my of my nomenclature, right? No, you you told me your name when we met. You know how how long ago was it? It was like a week. A week ago, you know. Remember, Misha Jarvis at your service. I I did. I, I, what are you? Not who are you, but what are you? It's a real good question. <laughs> um, uh, Misha, instinctively, your scan ability pops up. Okay. Uh, and it starts to draw a line around Ellie and starts to pull information. And you get the name Ellie B. But then after that, the text starts to, to crackle a little bit. And, and when it says, you know, starts to be like attributes, alignments, uh, species, it all kind of becomes jarbled uh, text. Okay. With the exception of alignment, which is question mark, question mark, question mark, which is absolutely correct. Okay. But everything else becomes jarbled text before the scan starts to peter out and disappear. So Misha is going to look at Ellie and be like, you you are an Elib. Nice to meet you, Elib. Elib, do you know <laughs> what this place <laughs> is? <laughs> <laughs> Ellie 
just gonna ignore the name. That's one of the nicer names she has been referred to as. And pat Misha on the shoulder a little bit. Well, it's, uh, it's under a trash pit. And I thought it might be hell, but it's not. Um, it's a prison. And you see Everett, who has gone up and is perched at the end of the clock, uh, the cogwheel. And he turns over and says, but not a metaphorical prison like most things. It's not a metaphorical prison like university or work or parents. Everett. It's an actual real prison. Misha is going to notice Everett and they are going to be like, uh, I do apologize. I believe I have been before, even though I cannot access what I have been before this moment. I see that you are similar to Elib, except not the same height as Elib. Have you met Elib? Are you related to Elib? Have you been in this prison with Elib and me long? I'm an individual. Everett. Salutations, an individual. My name is Machine Instead of Human Armor. <laughs> Just a rather intelligent system. <laughs> Oh, you're so wonderful. Uh, and he looks at Ellie like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Ellie's... What the fuck? Ellie looks back with the same sort of look in addition to kind of a reprimanding I don't know either. Misha. That is the name I seem to recognize myself as. Great start. Um, We're in a bit of a time crunch. Time crunches? I did not know. I thought time was linear but could not crunch. It seems an innate thing I know. So we are in a rush. Ah, this place is a rush. Ellie really thought that she was choosing her <laughs> words very carefully. <laughs> But realizes that she is not, apparently. <laughs> We're gonna go get a man out of his jail cell of a literal prison. And Everett is going to tell us where to go. Aren't you, Everett? He looks at you, looks at Misha, flashes back to when Misha was, uh, was fully there and threw him into a lake. <laughs> And with fear in his soul, just says, yep, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm not doing it for you, all right? I'm doing it for my partner. I want to data sphere search what a man is. <laughs> uh, a miserable <laughs> pile of secrets. <laughs> okay, yeah, you can scan it. It'll t cost you twice as much. All right. Uh, what, do you, what words are you uh, Googling? Man in... Prison cell. No, actually just actually just man. What is man? Yeah, you get a uh, a couple of things. You get like a treatise on what it means to be a man. <laughs> you get something from from billions and billion uh, from a billion years ago. Uh, you get some like forum posts talking about what it's like to be a real man. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and colored pills or something like that. Do, do I get results in the song "Be a Man" from Mulan? <laughs> yes, you absolutely. Because "Be a Man" survives every world. <laughs> a, a variation of that song exists, and it somehow keeps getting better every time. Perfect, as it should be. Uh, but the last thing you get is you do get, because you know sometimes you type in the Google, they'll show you like an image or two. Uh, you get a couple of figures of, uh, of essentially what human beings look like, uh, covering, you know, the whole gender spectrum. Sounds great. Uh, it is still a bit crackly and the images are grainy. You know how sometimes you click on Google Images and it shows like the picture before it's completely buffered in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So you still get a pretty good idea. It's just not crystal clear like it normally is. All I picture is like doki doki images post second act with like glitches <laughs> at random oh, no. times. If you like quest friends, you'll love doki doki literature club. Don't tell them that. I did a thumbs up, but my camera, my cam is not on, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Also, it's a podcast. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't have anything else to do, Everett is going to call you over. Okay. He's leaning on the edge of the cogwheel, looking down and pointing at something. But then he looks distressed because the uh, cogwheel is maintaining to rotate. So his finger keeps pointing in a different direction. So then he run back, runs back in the center and points at it again and starts rotating. Oh my and God. And then eventually he sighs 
and runs to the other side of the cogwheel and just waits until the moment when it lines up with what he wants to point at. And he points down and says, it's there. I am having flashbacks to Nancy through puzzles right now. <laughs> and what you see is a short distance diagonally below you, so kind of in front, kind of down, is a 40-foot wide cogwheel that's very different from the rest. So the restaurant are big, you know, honking, five to 10 feet thick, glassy metal. But this one seems disconnected from the other wheels, instead propped up by an axle in its center. And instead of pointing outwards, its gears point inward, rotating a series of much smaller vertical wheels beneath it. These cog wheels have their centers filled with a glassy substance, and they all have names written, I would say on their top, really kind of just all over them because they do rotate, but you're far enough away that you can't really read them. The whole structure of this massive uh, cogwheel is comprised out of a graded walkway material, complete with hand railings. It's segmented in the middle by an actual walkway that extends to that center axle that's holding the whole structure up. Presumably, that axle is how you also get down to a platform connected to the smaller wheels. So that was the elegant way of saying it. The simple way of saying it is you've got a rotating donut-shaped walkway that stands above a platform, and that platform uh, beneath it is surrounded by vertically-oriented cogwheels that all have names written on them. Two scientists stand on the walkway. One is walking around, just kind of looking at everything, while the other is leaning over and looking down at the vertical wheels, taking notes on a notepad. That's where he is. That's where the man we need to rescue is. So what we need to do is we need to get down there, we need to take everyone out, and we need to give Mr. Mako this. And he um, pulls out a little hexagonal thing about the size of his hand, just like a metal kind of object. You know, it's mostly flat, but it's got a hexagon. And in the middle, there's this like glassy bump with a red gem inside of it, which Ellie would presume is the Hamadio. Have either of you played the game Sorry? Yeah. You know that uh, thing you press on the center to move the butt dice? Mm -hmm. Imagine that butt a lot, lot, lot smaller. Uh, and he kind of pulls down and says, and we got to get this to Mr. Mako. And then he tries to put on a cool smirk. It doesn't work. We raise hell. That's nice. And he goes to fist bump Ellie, who you remember has mentioned hell earlier. <laughs> Ellie's going to be a little further away <laughs> and then clench her fist and let the claws come out. Ah! Um, Don't tell me about raising hell. I, uh... I was also given a, a couple of other supplies that I thought might be helpful I got out of the bag. And he reaches into uh, his pockets, and he pulls out two things, and I want each of you to roll a d12. Oh, all right. That's sh shaking things up from the beginning. Where is a d12? Uh, I think this is, no, this is a d20. Hang on. I have a d12 somewhere in my, in my life. Oh, I found it. Five. Emily rolled a two and you rolled a five, so I'm gonna reference my random cipher sheet. Oh, yay! Um, I'm gonna have so ciphers. He gives Ellie. Ellie, you get a sphere on a string that extends up to 60 feet and then returns to the user. The sphere is very sticky. And Misha, you get a wheel that won't stop spinning regardless of how much pressure is applied to it. Oh, Misha's just going to stare at that thing. <laughs> Alright, that's the session. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Misha sits here for eternity. And you noted what you got, Ellie? Yes. Okay. I got a, a sticky yo-yo. Okay, so what are you going to do? Ellie's going to take charge because right now she's not got a lot of faith in Misha's planning ability. Misha's just walking around still <laughs> touching the walls of, what, of the cogs or whatever we are. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Misha doesn't know the past, so they can only think of the future. Misha doesn't know what scientists are or prisons. Does not know who we're looking for. Misha's just really interested in that highly spinning wheel <laughs> and the... <laughs> Magical property that it possesses. How long has it been talking that exactly? <laughs> Ellie, you are in charge. Uh, you are Great. the woman with a plan. <laughs> but I don't have a plan yet. Um, see, the thing is, Ellie is not a woman of plans. She is a woman of action. So they're below us, right? Uh, yeah, kind of diagonally below you. So like, if you want to put feet to it, maybe 15 feet forward and then like 25 feet down. <laughs> So how high would I have to roll to make a jump? Um, <laughs> you could try it. You could try it. You could try it. You can try everything, as this Utopia song would say. 
It's true, though, you can. I want to roll. Follow me! Okay, Ellie's going to go uh, make a jump. And I want to spend a point of effort. Spend a point of effort? All right, that's going to be... I'm going to say that's might effort. Because you're jumping. Okay, yeah. Alright, roll. Pray to the gods, Ari! Pray to Kyle! Oh! Did my praying work? Let it happen, Kyle. Let it happen! Ladies and gentlemen, that would be a natural 20 Whoa. on the court! Oh, and with a natural 20! Yes! <laughs> Ellie jumps to take a dunk! How you get, like, a major benefit. So what happens? <laughs> okay, Ellie is, like half metal like a ball bearing right yeah small compact heavy i keep it like a wrecking ball she's gonna come in like a wrecking ball why and how are you going to wrecking ball this platform i want to cannonball it and try to make sort of a shock wave to knock them down uh knock what down aren't there two scientists yeah yeah i want to knock them down <laughs> Yeah, you slam on the ground, and the one that's walking trips on their feet and kind of stumbles over and falls and is gripping onto the railway and yells, Brad, Brad, I've fallen, help me. And the one that's been leaning over turns over and he screams, Chad, no! And he runs over to pick up Chad. And so you're pretty cocky right now. You're pretty confident, right? And you notice this guy, instead of going to pick up Chad, you notice Brad reach up to his hand where he has one of the time tattoos. And you see him rotate it. And as he does, the platform that you are on starts to tilt upwards. Which for you, since you're on the opposite side, means you're tilting downwards. Giving Chad enough time to clamber up onto the platform before Brad, the other scientist, rotates that clock again to level the platform. So he's rotating the actual marking on his hand. The actual marking on his hand is, is being rotated. Okay. Uh, the because if you remember, it kind of looked like an indentation. So mm -hmm. you said you wanted to raise hell. <laughs> you hear Everett yell, "Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that anymore. I should watch uh, Misha. That seems like a good plan." And then he remembers uh, Misha throwing him over the water and says, <laughs> "Actually, no. I think I'll come down by you. That seems like a better idea." And uh, we're gonna move away from Ellie towards Everett and Misha. And Everett's gonna look over to you and kind of like look in a kind of like you're coming fashion. Oh, yes, an individual. I am coming. Are you two just gonna jump off? Uh, yeah, Misha is. Okay, give me a roll for jumping. Jumping. I have a six. I didn't put effort or anything. So Everett is going to jump and he's going to land on the platform unsteady. And Misha, you're going to jump. But this is the first time in your whole life you've jumped. Misha's just going to like, I guess, just walk. Like, not even jumping, but just like keep walking and then fall. <laughs> yeah, you walk and you just hear. As Misha just sees the platform and just keeps <laughs> falling. And what's going to happen next? I'm not going to have be a GM intrusion because it's technically also saving you from certain death. Good. Um, you're falling down. It feels nice, actually. It's it's a bit of a weird feeling, but it's a novel. And you're like really into that right now, you know? Yep. And as that happens, you get a sudden hit. Oh, no. As you are grabbed on by somebody. Oh. And, and from Ellie's side, you see a hook wrap on to the bar right by where you're standing and you see Misha with the Gendarmi soldier that you let get away oh. swing around on this platform and land right in front of you and the Gendarmi soldier looks at you and says everyone else thought you were still on the outside but I saw you with my own two eyes I knew you were clever enough to get inside of here Misha is going to introduce themselves to the Gendarmi <laughs> I'm not here to introduce myself. I'm here to fight. Oh, is Misha on the same level? Yeah, Misha. As everyone else. Misha's now? being grappled by this person <laughs> who's standing in front of you dramatically and trying to be like this whole like we meet again. I'm going to defeat you this time. While uh, Misha's just like, hey, what's up? My name's Misha. <laughs> nice to meet you. What's your name? Are you an Elabitu? <laughs> Basically. Uh, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say he causes initiative to happen there. All right. Let's jump straight into that.
welcome to the announcement break of episode 13 of Quest Friends. My name is Kyle, your illustrious GM, and today I'm going to take you through a journey of announcements. On your left, you can see that our first announcement is that our intro and outro music is called Friends and Hitoshio. Both songs are made by Miracle of Sound, who is an amazing artist that you should absolutely check out. We also use a lot of other sound effects and music from talented sound designers and musicians, and you can find all of those in the description. On our right, you'll see this week's call to action. This one's fairly simple. Follow us on Twitter at quest underscore friends. That is quest underscore and friends. If it doesn't have our logo, it's not us. We don't just put fun stuff on our Twitter, we also put announcements for special events that we're doing, such as an upcoming live stream of The Strange that Kyle will be running. That is all of our announcements for this week. The next episode will be the finale of Chapter 2, The Clockwork City. It is estimated to be out on Monday, April 30th, but because it is the finale, it might be a bit late. Regardless of when it comes out, we will see you at that time. unusual combat that's for sure right, ellie has 16 i got a 19 i have a 14 okay uh, okay so, so I go. all right misha you are starting in combat whatever the hell that is well i guess my first action will be to look well i don't know because i already used my looking into the data sphere can i look again to see what is fighting <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say you are, just because it fits with the setting. You try to pull up what is fighting, but it's it's all hazy now. You're you're. It feels like the data sphere is being blocked out, mm. and you're you're unable to draw from it. Okay. Misha, what weapons do you have? I have Hopper's arm thing. For this turn, I am going to have Misha put on the, the arm blades. I'm still kind of figuring out what is going on, but then as, as they put the arm blades, they're going to look at them, kind of like realizing something. All right, Ellie, what are you going to do? What are Brad and Chad up to right now? Uh, they were in an embrace because they were just thankful that the other was safe, Aww. but now they've turned over and they've noticed you. So I want to turn to Brad and Chad and just lean in a little bit, put my finger up to my lips and say, shh. Uh, Chad puts his head against Brad's chest. And then turn back to the Gandarmi soldier and try to whack him across the head. With what? My fist. Okay, just, just my fist. Just your fist. All right. Yeah, I don't want to kill him yet. All right, so Ellie is going to reach around Misha to punch this dude Ellie in the face. Give, yes! Yes, they are! I said that. I didn't realize. Right, give me a roll. Pray it's good. <laughs> um, It is a six. But as no. you punch, you realize... Misha, no! Yo! You realize when like two people are trying to catch a ball and because of that, neither catch it. You and Misha's scarf are both trying <laughs> to punch this dude in the face. And because of that, you get your fist wrapped around in Misha's scarf before pulling it away. Pulling my fist away or Misha's scarf away? Pulling your fist away. Okay. It's a Just six. I'm not sure going to punish you that bad. But the Gandarmi soldier in seeing that is going to whip their uh, grappling hook at your feet and try to trip you uh, and cause you to fall over. So I'm going to need you to roll speed defense. Oh my god. It's a way to die. They uh, they grapple around your legs and you fall to the ground and kind of actually stumble over so that your uh, your top part is hanging onto the walkway. But that lower platform that's surrounded by all the cogwheels, your legs are dangling over that. Oh no. Everett's going to turn over and say, don't worry, I'll help you. I've got them. And he's going to give a look to Chad and Brad, who like look scared and start running over to them with his Ucha Katana motherfucking curved sword. <laughs> all right, Misha, what are you going to do? So all of this time, after they put the arm blades on, they're going to just have been staring at them. 
really quietly and if you imagine like a background noise in in their own mind you can imagine yuri from doki doki when she's like <sighs> you know that like a really terrifying heartbeat and she's like breathing like that and then Misha, can I just say that like Misha's eye is going to like go like really red for a moment and then they're going to look at the gendarme dude and then they're going to just like run towards him with the air blades trying to like right in his face. Okay, I'm going to say you're currently grappled by him. Ah, uh, yeah. So I would say it was more like you turn your head around and you just stick your fist up hoping to stab him in the face. Okay, I do. I want to put one level of effort to this roll. And it is a light weapon, so it's already one step easier. All right, so what I get is... Oh, I got an 11. Because it's easier and you put in a level of effort, you go and you just cut a gash against this person's face. And he like screams out in pain and lets go let uh, let's go of you. All right. Yeah, and that's your turn. And he took a couple of points of damage. You cut him in the face. Cut him in the face. You cut him in the face. You cut him in the face. What are you going to do, Ollie? I would like to spare a glance at Everett, uh, <laughs> because I'm very curious as to how he's getting on. Uh, he's just running at those two dudes. He's still running? Yeah. How slow is he? He's not athletic, Emily. Yeah, but like... <laughs> Let's keep going. Okay, sorry. So Mako... We're right by his cell, right? Potentially. Potentially. You don't know what our... The only cogwheel you can see beneath you is you see a, a wheel that says Shanks Fossil on it, and it's empty. Can I roll to try to find it? Or is it just not? Yeah, you look around. I'm not even going to say you roll. You just look around, and you do see... And you get a better view of these uh, cogwheels. And in one of them, you see something that does say Mako. And it's it's like there's this kind of like glass bubble. Because you know how sometimes cogwheels are empty on the inside like donuts? There's one cogwheel and it seems to have this glass bubble in that empty donut-like space. And you see a man just laying down on the ground rotating as that wheel spins around. And it does say Mako. I want to try to free Mako. So you run over to the cell and you can see it's basically made out of like jello. Uh, it's, it's this gelatinous <laughs> substance that it seems to be made out of. All right, so it's my turn. The Gendarme soldier looks at Ellie running towards Mako's chamber and yells over, Brad, quick! And Brad rotates around his palm and you see one of the gelatinous substances behind you disappear. And the Gendarme soldier is going to whip his harness at you and I need you to roll speed defense. <sighs> 18! Yes! Uh, the harpoon whips, gets stuck in the jello uh, in front of you before he pulls it back. Meanwhile, Everett is running, screaming at Chad and Brad. You hear Chad yell out, Brad, stay away from my husband! And he starts to rotate his hand, and the platform you're on starts spinning faster and faster as Chad and Brad are trying to throw everybody off. So Misha, I'm going to need you to roll uh, defense to maintain your footing. Seven. All right, so the Gendarme soldier is fine, but Misha and Everett fly backwards, and both of you grab onto the hand railing, but now you're essentially flying in the air Perfect. as this platform is spinning as fast as it can. <laughs> and Misha, it is back to you. Oh, oh, well, I'm flailing in the air, so, or on the platform thing. How close is Everett? Like, can I, can I try to use him? to impulse myself back into the platform somehow. Give me a give me a roll and I will I will explain it cuz I think I know a way I can explain it. A one. <laughs> Alright, um, <laughs> so, Everett, you see him holding on, and he lets go, and he flies towards you. God. And you think, I can use his momentum to get back on. That's how physics work. And you go to grab him, and he just pulls you off. Oh, no. And you essentially fly into the wall, and I'm gonna say you take Four points of might damage. All right. Uh, yeah. As you essentially, you fly into a vertical cogwheel that's kind of like uh, probably 10 feet away from this platform. These are giant vertical cogwheels and you feel, uh, essentially, you feel yourself going down on this cogwheel and you realize that in about five seconds, the cog you're on is going to match up with another one and flatten both you and Everett. Oh, 
No. Ellie, what are you gonna do? Oh no. <sighs> really? How many feet away are they from me? I'm gonna say a short distance. Okay, are they both conscious? Yeah, they're both conscious. They're both very up. Well, Everett's very upset. I'm not gonna pretend to know how Misha is feeling. Misha right now just wants to keep hitting. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna use the cipher. The yo-yo one, the sticky yo-yo. Okay. And I want to toss it to Misha and Everett. And also say, grab the ball. Everett grabs it on the bottom as if he's holding onto a microphone. Misha, what do you do? Do you grab onto this yo-yo thing? Uh, Misha grabs to Everett. So Misha's on Everett. Everett is <laughs> kind of on the ball. And this thing which whips out <laughs> with surprising strength pulls back Misha and Everett. And it flings you over the walkway onto the center platform that Ellie is on. Uh, but the weight was too much and it, it snaps as you fall onto the ground. Ellie nods approvingly. The Gandarmi soldier above you yells, Hey! We're not done yet! And he whips the uh, harness at Misha. Misha, I'm gonna need you to roll speed defense. Alright, here we go! I got a two! Because this dice is flat. The Gandarmi soldier whips their harness around you, and instead of pulling you towards them, you notice them use it to pull them towards you as they come forward with a fist and just knock you oh in the my face. God. And you're gonna need to take four points of might damage. Oh, I'm at one point of might. Oh no! <laughs> I have one might! As he does that, Everett is going to scream, Don't worry about it, robot friend! And he swings at the guy. And I'm going to have him roll, because I don't know if I want him to fail or not. And he misses. Oh, good. He swings right above this guy and kind of stumbles a little bit. Uh, all right, Misha, it's your turn. All right, so the Gendarmi guy came with a harness, guided himself towards me, and punched me in the face. So now he is right where me and Everett are, correct? Yeah, you're essentially on the platform beneath that walkway, and you're all together, except for Chad and Brad, who frankly just kind of seem to want to be left alone. And that platform is still not on the ground ground, right? Because it's like if you're looking at a like a clock thing. Yeah. Okay, so then Misha's going to try and push the Gendarmi guy out like from the platform. Like, just push him into the void. Okay, that's gonna be tough uh, because there are cogwheels surrounding this thing like a wall, but uh, it is possible. Well, so I mean, if you wanna do it, give me a roll. The impossible is possible, as Kaido Momoda would say. Yeah, I got a, a, a nine. So, the impossible is not possible. <laughs> no experience or effort? I rolled already. I should have put an experience or effort. You can use experience to re-roll. Oh, I, yes. I forget that I can do that. Oh my God. I'm doing that. All right, how does this experience help Misha re-roll? Hmm. Could Misha like establish their footing or like their, like, like they, they try to do it first and then they realize that they are like starting in a bad position. Yeah. First time trying, Misha fails, but then the muscle memory comes back and they plant their foot and get ready for another push. Do you want to put any effort into the second? Push. I do. I am going to put some might effort. I want to put two levels of effort. Uh, you only have one point of might left, don't you? Yes. Okay. Never mind. I'm not. Uh, since this is light. Oh, should I put a speed speed effort instead? I'm going to cheat and let you put in a point of speed effort. Okay. Because I really want this to happen. Okay. I'm putting a point of speed effort for the dice. I got a 14. All right. I want you to describe how you push this man either into the void or into the gears. Ooh. Mm. But if it's into the gears, would they be crushed by the gears? Well, otherwise they're falling. I'll push them oh, into no. the gears then. Misha is just going to have a lot of curiosity as to how it looks when a man is between these wheels. They're just very curious to see that. So we're not going to describe the grisly scene that happens, but suffice it to say, you push him in and he gets crushed. And as the capsule breaks holding the harness, you see the harness shoot out and kind of like wildly shoots the rope all around you. And it's weird because you feel like you should feel something. I'm not going to say whether or not you feel like it's supposed to be something positive or something negative, but you feel like you're supposed to feel something, and you don't. Mm. And he falls to the ground, and Everett's traumatized forever. Chad and Brad are definitely traumatized forever. <laughs> Ellie is... Unfazed. Ellie is unfazed. Uh, well, you're out of combat. <laughs> 
Congratulations! We've officially murdered our first man. Uh, okay, so you get a uh, you get a look around. In front of you is Mr. Mako's chamber. You look around, you see other chambers. You see the name Shanks Fossil. You see the name Brackleberry. And you see the name, Misha, Kaladi. Mm. As you feel see the name Kaladi, you instinctively get a deep, sharp pain inside of you. Oh, yeah. And everything, your your vision, your ears, your, your memories, your concept of, of being disappears for a second. Oh, God. And it just feels like pain and emptiness. Oh, yo. And then it comes back. And then you're okay. You still don't know what the fuck is going on, but you're okay. <laughs> okay. Ah. Some doki doki shit. <laughs> just Colody. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna pronounce it Colody. I like Colody better. All just right. Colody. Nickelodeon. <laughs> okay. So what Sorry. are you gonna do? You've got a traumatized couple above you. You've got a traumatized boy beside you, and you've got uh, Mr. Mako's chambers, which, as I said, are a cogwheel that are rotating. So he's kind of on the lying down on the ground, rotating around, uh, and there's a glass bubble. So what do you do, Everett? How do we get him out of the cell? You, you kill the man. I, you kill the man. Uh, uh. Everett, focus, focus. I don't. I don't. And he's gonna get down on his knees and just start ragging back. Voice. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Can we get back up to Brad and Chad? Uh, yeah. There's that um axle thing in the center, and there's a ladder attached to it, and you can just climb up to the walkway. I want a uh, motion for Misha to follow me back up. Okay. Do you follow me? Uh, yeah. M- Misha is, is going to take a little bit to respond. They are just going to be uh, repeating the name Colody for a couple of like a couple of times, and then they're going to realize that Ellie's talking to them. I want to put my hand on Misha's shoulder as I approach this couple. Open the cell. This is not chill, bruh. This is not chill at all. And they open up Mako's uh, cell for you. I'm going to say, because you murdered a man by crushing him to death in some gears, you don't need to roll intimidation. Yeah, that's... I was taking <laughs> Misha up with me because I... Oh my god! <laughs> you two are monsters! Is this what happens when Hop and Jacques aren't around? <laughs> you two are monsters! <laughs> To be fair, Misha doesn't understand that they have done anything wrong. Misha just wanted to see what happened if you put a, a man inside in the middle of two cogs. They don't know that the man is dead. <laughs> just want to make them nervous. Okay, fine. They o- uh, they open up the uh, the cell. I want to go back down to Miko very quickly before something else terrible happens. Okay, he's still just rolling around on the ground. Okay. Well, apparently my signature move when people are on the ground is just drag them up by the collar, so okay. may as well. You reach over to grab him, and I need you to roll speed defense. Nineteen. Suddenly, this motionless thing goes to grab you and reaches past you and grabs Everett, who gets shocked with electricity and falls to the ground temporarily paralyzed. And suddenly he jumps up and he says, Aha! The old pretend you're knocked unconscious and escape trick! You fell for it! Sure enough, it's Mr. Mako. You see this tall, spindly man with a really long, thin mustache, a giant grin, and just the most, the most poofy ass hair you've ever seen pop up, ready for like war. It's about time I made my escape. (laughs) How's that escape been going before we got here? Not a word, villain. I will proceed unhindered. And he starts to walk forward, just like his, uh, his arm just moving up and down. an authoritative fashion. And Everett is gonna turn over and be like, boss, boss, wait, wait, boss. And he's gonna stop and he'll turn over to you. (laughs) It seems like I am mistaken. Can someone explain what is going on? (laughs) Misha, do you want to chime in at all? Uh, okay. I mean, Misha can chime in into what they think is going on. I'm not saying that it's- Go ahead, Misha. All right. Well, I I have discovered 
that red light fluid stems from men when they are put between two cocks. I did not know this knowledge. Then I have seen that we have appeared to reach this location out of the rush and into the man that we are rescuing. And the man that we are rescuing has left this prison place towards a new location. And this wheel is still continues to spin and it puzzles me as if why it has not stopped. And it's going to show the cipher. Mako's going to turn over and he's going to stare at that wheel for a moment. And he is also very fascinated by it. Uh, and then Everett's going to pipe up. Your wife sent them with me to rescue you. But my wife, Mauve, is, is she doing is she doing all right? I mean, she's kind of pissed that Vera threw you in prison but she seems fine and he's gonna laugh at that very boisterously like (laughs) no i'm filled with rage too let's go tear this thing down shall we and he raises his left arm because uh if you notice he does not have a right arm and his lights crackle a little bit before disappearing and he looks himself and says right right uh i forgot the power from this place blocks out the data sphere that's going to be a problem. Did either of you bring a glove by chance? Misha is going to point out at their scarf and ask, <laughs> is this a glove? Uh, that is a glove in process, my dear. <laughs> Everett's going to weakly raise the little hexagonal thing and say, you mean this, sir? Yes, exactly that. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And he grabs this thing and he puts the button facing against his palm and he slams it into his thigh. And you see this hexagonal little thingy open up and you see wires start to reach out from it and extend across his arm as the spaces between the wires are filled by pliable metal gauntlets. And the palm, the palm emanates a bright red. And he pulls it out and he feels it. Uh, and I should emphasize this is on the arm that he already has. He's not, he's not replacing his other arm or anything like that. So how much do you two know about this place? I know this place is very big. And I know that this place is new. And I know I have been in this place before. I mean, it's, it's like a clock, right? Like a ticky thing that goes around. Well, it's not just a clock. It's the most dangerous weapon that's ever been designed. And I would be remiss if we left this place without taking it down. And with that, he's going to take his glove and he's going to point it at the axle beneath you. And a beam of red light is going to shoot out from the glove, a consistent laser. And he's just going to laser a hole in the ground beneath you. Wait. Uh, are you destroying it like right now? Like this this minute? Cause we've got two other people somewhere. Oh, you do? Do you know where they are? No. Well, if they're anything like you two, I'm sure they'll be resourceful enough to get out there before we all die. And he jumps down the hole and uh you see him disappear and the glove comes back up and he motions and he says, Come come, come come. Misha's gonna walk towards the hole. Well he's gonna grab me, she'll be like, seriously? <laughs> What if they just get... He has motioned to come. Just because someone motions to you to come does not mean you have to come, Misha. I will register this. Thank you for your input, Ellie. Ellie. <laughs> so, should we just leave him? Uh, he's going to pop his head up. And it's going to like pop up so you just see like his nose and the hairs are just popping out from the hole a little bit. And he's just going to look and say, uh, Come, come, what's the rush? Ellie has forbidden me from coming towards your location. I'm not for bidding you, Nisha. It's just that you shouldn't do everything you're told all the time. And I don't trust men with mustaches. He looks genuinely hurt. And he says, Ellie, I'm very disappointed to hear that. <laughs> How about this? Here is, here is my promise. And he pokes up the rest of his head so his chin is resting on the hole. If you help me destroy this platform, I will ensure you that we will find your friends before we leave. I have an inquiry for you, Mr. Mako. What our friends. Well, I suppose that's a deep question. <laughs> We're coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you all pop into the hole, and as you pop down, you don't see this because you're in, but we, the audience, see his hand pop up again and point towards Chad and Brad and say, you two are very good gentlemen. I appreciate how you've been treating me. I would highly suggest you leave this building before it collapses to the ground and kills everyone inside. <laughs> and so you follow this man as you walk kind of in the underbelly of this clock. Like, you're walking on some cogwheels, but a lot of this is harnesses and platforms. And you notice you're actually following those like veins of blue 
light that led towards that center column. So the thing about this tower is that it provides nearly infinite energy using any sort of source. Under good hands, that would be an, an amazing thing. But unfortunately, it's not only in the bad hands of the queens, it's in the worst hands of the jagged tree. It breaks my heart to have to do this, but it's too risky to leave here, especially with the things that I know the Jagged Dream is going to do. And as you walk, you see a little, like, kind of manhole above you, and he's going to lift up this manhole and push it to the side and say, Luckily, while this source provides infinite power, that doesn't mean the components that harness the, that power can maintain it. And he's going to stand on up and go into the final chamber of this episode. Are you two going to follow? Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm pretty curious at this point. Misha? Sure. So you find yourself in that beating heart. You're inside this massive tower comprising of 10-foot cog wheels uh, surrounding you that are rotating, alternating counterclockwise, clockwise, counterclockwise, clockwise, and stretches up as far as you can see. Beneath you is a pool of shimmering, moving, blue light. It's like water, and it moves like water. But you could tell that if you jumped into it, it wouldn't have that consistency. You just fall right through. Assuming, you know, that the light wouldn't kill you before you hit it. Above you is a funnel, and you see a few pieces of garbage fall from the sky above. Hit this funnel, and uh, it kind of umbrellas you so the garbage doesn't hit you on the head and just murder you in a giant mass of garbage. Thanks. In front of you is one of the walkways, like the one you fought on, and at the center of it is a column. And he marches proudly towards that column. And he says, this is the center of power in Charmande. It usually runs automatically, but we can manually override it and tell it to take all of the source of energy that it needs. If we override this system, it might go at high power for a moment, but it's not going to last that long before it breaks. What happens when it goes at high power? Well, that's the fun part. I have no idea. Let's do it. Um, okay, so he's going to walk forward on this platform. You're going to have to wait because the platform that he walks on, that kind of walkway, rotates alongside the cogwheel it's attached to. So it's slowly rotating counterclockwise. So then it comes back for another pass. And do you, uh, do you both get on it? I'd like to. Yeah. Okay, as you get up there and reach him, he's looking down at his glove, looking at the console, looking at his glove, looking at the console, and he thinks, oh, that just, that won't do. Do either of you have any experience with machines? Uh, I am a machine. Life experience, the best kind anyone can have. Misha's life experience might currently not be very helpful or vast. It's more vast than anything any of us can have. Please, please, uh, Misha, it was? Uh, okay, I guess I'm going to, gonna use scan on the thing and see if I can do anything with it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to use scan on the thing. And I rolled a one, so it's probably not going to work. You have an idea. With a one, that's great. A dangerous idea. You think that if there was only some way you could connect your body to it, you might be able to directly speak to it. Okay. Is there some sort of cable or something that I can use to plug? Uh, I mean, there are a couple of wires over it. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and try and pick some of the wires and put it on like a USB port or whatever that machine may have. And I don't know if Misha has a USB port of some sort. Uh, you do not. You are perfectly human-like. You would have to make a port. That's what I feared. Oh. Um... Now you see why it's a one. Uh, uh, I don't know if I want to like just do that. Can I just put the wires in my mouth? <laughs> okay, it, they're stimulating. They are very stimulating. And as you're doing it, Mako is looking at you bug-eyed. That's fascinating. Is it working? Uh, Misha is going to look at Mako and say with the wires in their mouth. I do not know at this point. <sighs> he sighs. You see him pull the wires out of your mouth. And he says, I suppose we better just do things the old-fashioned way. And he puts his hand on the console. And it starts to shine with light as he shoots a beam of energy directly into this console. And as he does, you hear the wires around you start to rev up with more and more energy. And you see him kind of, you know runners when they place their hand on the ground? Kind of like ready to sprint? Uh, I think so. He uh, basically puts himself onto the ground. He almost lays onto the ground, leaning forward with his feet far behind him and his hand far in front of him. And he smiles at both of you and he says, I'll race you to the top. 
Um, so do you two remember as children, I don't know if you, uh, either of you had this playground thing, but there was that thing you would hold on to that was just kind of like this platform and you would hold on to it and other kids would spin it yeah. as you tried to hold on. Yeah. What happened when the kids spun it faster? You fell, right? This platform starts spinning faster and 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 faster. And pretty quickly, the strongest force playing on you isn't the force of gravity pulling you downwards. And the ground is no longer your ground. The walls are. It's a centrifuge! It's a centrifuge!